Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It has been a heck of a start to football season. If you want to bet money lines, overs, unders, parlays, props, and more, then you should head over to betonline.ag. Use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B L E A V 50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back to On the Edge with Slash. My name is Kyle Ledbetter here with Cordell Stewart, Pro Bowl quarterback. Welcome in, Cordell. How are you feeling after week three of the NFL season? I tell you what, Kyle, another phenomenal week of football, brother. Um, What more can you ask for? The games that you thought would be great games were just that. one, I think probably the highlight of the weekend started off at the one o'clock game was the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills game. Uh, here it is. So many people are figuratively asking for Tua's head. Uh, and he goes out and he steadily keeps doing what he's doing, saying that he can't throw the ball deep. He can't do this. He can't do that. And he and Waddle, as well as Tariq Hill, are asking, actually just wreaking havoc when it comes to taking the top off defenses. Uh, we saw yesterday Johnson, the rookie, playing safety for the Buffalo Bills. He just caught complete hell trying to figure out if Tariq or Waddle's running a corner route, a post route, or a goal route, or whatever. He just could not get in the right position. And I think that secondary got exposed considering the injuries that they've had on defense, losing five of their starters. Uh, but still was a very, very, very competitive game. Uh, you can also even look at the game like last night, uh, even uh, when you talk about this Denver Broncos team and and, and, and what they're trying to, to have happen. I mean, they played against the San Francisco 49ers team. That's a more healthier team, healthier team in the sense of how they play the game because Jimmy Garoppolo was in. Uh, assuming because of what he's done with the team over the years, they would actually be able to go out and play a little better football. But the game was a 10 to 11 game. When, when in the world have we ever seen a 10 to 11 <laughs> game? All right? Baltimore goes into New England. Uh, they get that great win with Lamar steadily playing great. Uh, you know, they're waiting to figure out how they're going to do his deal. But, you know, that value of, of, of Lamar is steadily going higher and higher uh, every time they don't uh, get ink on paper. Uh, what about the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, and Jalen Hurts and that company, right, playing against the commanders? Uh, he's playing MVP caliber football right now, and no one really talked about Jalen Hurts at all uh, this offseason other than he has an opportunity to start again and see what happens. But it wasn't the topic of conversation. So, a lot of football. Uh, I mean, you got even the Carolina Panthers who got their first win, beating the New Orleans Saints, and, and Jameis Winston, Winston steadily just 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 turn it over. Uh, he's not he's not waiting till Thanksgiving uh, for that to happen. He's doing it early <laughs> before we actually get into the month of October. So, a lot of great football. We could talk about a whole bunch of stuff, but um, you know that's what make this game so intriguing, right? You know, we can come up with all the spreads and who's what's the what's the points and minus and plus and I give plus six hundred, whatever the case may be, and <laughs> you end up finding teams winning that honestly you're you're not thinking about can actually go out and get it done. And not saying they can't win on any given Sunday, but 
it's just to see these teams going back and flow the evident flows of how the games are being played. Uh, it's, it's, you have to sit in your seat. You can't leave and get a, a glass of Kool-Aid or anything. Literally, you have to sit in your seat and watch it and ask somebody to get it for you because you might, might miss something. And I had an opportunity to catch a lot of football, and it was great to watch. Well, you mentioned something fun here. This is courtesy of the NFLScoreGami.com. There have only been two times in NFL history that you have an 11-10 to 10 game. They actually track this stuff. It's happened twice in NFL history. Once was last night. Mm-hmm. The other time was the Pittsburgh Steelers against the San Diego Chargers in 2008. It's the only other wow. time that's happened. Wow. I mean, that's crazy. Like, how do you get those points? Like, you, you <laughs> add it up. Okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo steps out of bounds. Okay, that's two points. I mean, it's just, it's just beyond me to add it up to see how it works. But 10 to 11, you couldn't put that together. The 11 points you can't find. I mean, from a rational standpoint, you you can see 10, right? We kick field goals. We score touchdowns. 11? A two-point – I mean, you, you get – not a two-point conversion, but uh, actually going out of bounds or, or whatever. And yeah. it's, just, it's just pretty crazy. But, hey, you know what? Like I always say, and I've always said when I coached in high school, you can coach from an ugly win. You know, you just keep on putting up the dubs, babe. You know, they're two and one right now. Um, it may not be the prettiest – uh, defense playing outstanding. Honestly, they're actually coming around. Offense, they still got to figure this thing out. It's, it's for some reason, when coming deep out of their end zone, they're running the football, and then all of a sudden they want to start throwing it all over the field when they get midway down the field, and penalties mm-hmm. start happening. I mean, it's penalty after penalty after penalty that's setting them back. And I just think they need to actually keep it simple. Let the defense play the way they've been playing. Find a running game. Play action pass. All this straight drop backing stuff that they do. Hey man, I know you gave him two hundred forty-five million, one hundred and sixty-five of a guaranteed full time for for Russell Wilson. But let's be transparent. This is a new system. No one's really comfortable at the moment in time when it comes to the passing game. The running game looked like it's really working. I think they need to go to that. Allow Russell Wilson to utilize his talent. The ball's going to get thrown down the field eventually. But I wouldn't force the envelope. And they still hadn't been able to get truly any points at all on the board when it comes to scoring touchdowns again. So, mm-hmm. you know, they steadily shoot themselves in the foot. But I digress about the Broncos. I mean, 10 to 11, it was, it was so boring. I turned it off to, to watch a House of Dragons because oh, yeah, I was getting yeah. so bored, right? You know, because uh, it, it's like, come on, dude. Like, what, do, what are we doing here? You know, it's, it's, the, it's the sequel to the Game of Thrones, but 200 years prior. So mm-hmm. I figured, you know, I'll go catch it and see what's going on, what happened back in the day. Uh and, and, and to see how that thing happened to get to where the Game of Thrones became, began and, and was. But a win is all, a win. I'm happy for him. Let it go. All the Sunday night football games have been like that this year, which is nice for me because I try to like, I'm trying to have a healthy relationship with football this year. So I haven't watched any of the Sunday night games this year. And uh-huh, yeah. uh, it's good that all of them have been bad so far. Just Bucks yeah. Cowboys was bad. Bears Packers was bad. This one, I'm glad I didn't watch it, but I can see the highlight of Jimmy G running out the end zone and get the gist of what happened. Oh, my but, goodness. I'm sitting here like, come on. Come on. I, I know the pressure's coming. Like, give me some lateral movement here. Step up in the pocket as much as you can. Give me some lateral movement. Act like you have some quickness. This is why mm-hmm. we got the mobile quarterbacks in the game. You know, like the guys, like who we're actually going to probably cover is is the Jalen Hurts. And, and Tua, he's not, a, he's not a mobile guy, but he's capable. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that term capable. And uh, those are two guys that I think have been really playing some really sound and outstanding football. Actually, 
Well, you mentioned ugly wins talking about the Broncos. I think we can chalk up an ugly win for the now three and O Miami Dolphins who squeaked out a winner against Buffalo. Buffalo had a, a bunch of special teams mistakes and, and Josh Allen not being able to, to clock the ball at halftime. And uh, the Miami defense stepped up and held them to to keep them out of the end zone for most of the game. But the story's going to be Tua. Dolphins are three and O and he's got one of the best passer ratings in the NFL. Yes, he does. Uh, here's the thing that's crazy about Tua is going back to college when he was at Alabama, you know, he would have to come in for Jalen Hurts, and, and we saw what he did in that short window of, of time in the national championship game. And I think the rest was history. And, of course, unfortunately for the hip injury that he ended up having against Auburn his senior year, his last year, uh, sat him out. But, you know, everybody questioned him. And I'm not saying the, the, the jury is still not out. But you have to assume the trajectory of Tua right now with being able to get the ball down the field. I mean, everyone asks questions about can he throw the ball deep downfield. I mean, the last two games, he's had a total of six, if you will, six passes that was thrown over 20 yards. And, and, and whether it be touchdowns, whether it be big plays, he's done an outstanding job. And I just think he needs to continue to do it. I think it was, what, seven completions over 30 yards uh, or six completions over 30 yards. And I think it was eight completions over 20 yards. And that's a lot. Last year alone, I think he had, what, out of 28 attempts, he had, what, 14, over 20 to 30 yards last year? And, mm-hmm. and it's the t- this is the first three games, and he's already went past half of that number this season. And it doesn't hurt to have guys that can actually take the top of the defenses like Waddle and, and Tariq Hill and company, right? I mean, it's it's remarkable. I, mean, I guess the Tariq Hill effect has truly come in and made life easy for him. Think about Alabama. He had some phenomenal players around him in Alabama. And mm-hmm. so now that you see him having those pieces with him there in Miami uh, and Coach Mike McDaniel, uh, I, I think he's doing a – it's McDaniel, correct me if I'm wrong. Like sometimes yeah, I say Mike McDonald's McDa- and McDaniel. Yeah, McDaniel, Mike McDaniel, right. but no S at the end. It's just a single McDaniel. That guy. Yeah, no McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> so, Josh – so, Coach, you know, Coach McDaniel, he's doing a really good job of putting his team – and he's so confident. Coach McDaniel is. He's so confident in what he's calling. You never see him rattled on the sideline. If there's a head scratcher of a game, uh, of course, the Baltimore game last week was one where I think they had like seven minutes and 37 seconds left in the third quarter. They were down 35 to seven. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they make this run and wins the game 42 to 35. Same thing happened yesterday. That could have been a head scratcher. Uh, here it is. It's scorching hot for both teams. Of course, Miami Dolphins will be a little bit more acclimated to it because they're in that weather all day, every day. But even they were hurting. I mean, you're starting to drive from, what, the minus two inside the minus five-yard line, mm-hmm. and you take it all the way down, and they're just exhausted. You have to call timeout because you're having heat exhaustion by a lot of the players. You can't get prepared good enough uh, mm-hmm. for something of that magnitude, whether it's IV bags or whatever the case may be. Diggs, I mean, he couldn't even be a part of it. So – the good thing about this for both teams, which I think would create some balance, I think, as we move forward, is these two teams aren't going to have to deal with this type of weather against each other again, right? Yeah. So it won't be the excuse of in the next meeting it was too hot. It may be too cold because I think they meet again in the month of uh, October, I think, again. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Uh, they weren't conditioned before this game. You have to assume playing in 95 plus to 99 plus degree weather that both teams are truly in shape. But 
Tua right now, he's second in yards, he's third in TDs. Uh, he's 20th when it comes to sacks in National Football League, so they're keeping him upright, and he's able to go out and actually get some things done. Um, when it comes to passing completions, yards, when it comes to yards, he's at 12.8 and a half, uh, 12.85, which is seventh in the National Football League. So that means pretty much every pass, it's a first down for the most part. Mm-hmm. They're staying ahead of schedule when it comes to throwing the ball. So right now for me, I just see Tua playing some really sound football. Um, it's easy if you're into the, the nitpicking and the poking. You know, some can say, "What didn't I tell you he was going to be okay? Uh, but, but you know, they're keeping it clean. They're keeping their heads down. Those guys are really grinding. I think Coach McDaniel was doing an absolute phenomenal job um, with him to keep him. He looks extremely comfortable, like he's been in this system for a very long time. You see him going back. He's hitting the ball. He's hitting his back foot. Ball's coming out. We have to pop up to find the next guy. He's popping up. No way he looks at secondary read to the thirdary read, the third read, if you will. He steps up, scrambles, moves a little laterally, runs to the line of scrimmage, going north and south, throwing it if he has to, getting yards if, if he needs to with his feet too as well. So Tua right now is playing the game the way the game is supposed to be played, which is effective, efficient, but most importantly, not turning it over to him at all. And you reminded me of two things that I'd forgotten about over the, the course of all those games that happened yesterday, which was Tua and the Dolphins offense was off the field for 28 consecutive minutes during that long Buffalo drive. Buffalo held it yes. for eight and a half consecutive minutes. And I and obviously Diggs left the game at the end with cramping. Um, Tua wasn't asked to do as much this week as the Baltimore game. He had over 50 passes in that game and only had mm-hmm. 18 this week. And yeah. um, the, the one play that he had to waddle on third and 23 was just perfectly executed. And it's the one big play that you'll take away from a game that didn't have as much Tua, but he just executed that play so beautifully by looking off the safety and putting it right in stride with Waddle where the, as um I forgot who Micah Hyde's replacement is, but as Micah Hyde's replacement is coming back, he puts it right in Waddle's hands with like a yeah. yard of separation between the two. Well, the, good, the best thing about, about that play was if you watch the route, he gave the young they, – they attacked Johnson all day, the young safety, the rookie safety. Made it seem as if he was running a corner, made him open his hips, and he shot across his face and kept it really skinny and tight to that side safety so that the backside safety wouldn't be able to come over and make a play, which after the catch he took two to three steps and he ended up making a tackle. So it was phenomenal position on the football field, extremely, as you alluded to, Great job with his technique, looking off the safety, holding him on this side to the left side of him, but allowing Waddle to take take care of the front side safety. That's a lot of trust between the two. Of course, they play together in Alabama. That's the trust between the two. I'm going to do my part over here. You do yours over there. When I take the next look, hopefully you're open. He was put in the spot, and and the rest was history when it came down to how they had had to execute that play. But Anytime you have players on the same page, I could date back to when I was in Pittsburgh with Yancey Thigpen. You know, Yancey Thigpen was about six feet tall, uh, working at about a 200 and about 20 pounds, 15 pounds or so. And uh, he was a big receiver with a long catch radius. His arms were really wide. I could put in any place and he would catch it. As long as it wasn't behind him where the defender was actually chasing from, but he would be able to actually catch the ball in any area, which caused me to throw it with a tremendous amount of anticipation because he came out of his route running full speed. That's what you get from Tariq Hill. That's what you get from Waddle and company. And I think that's what causes Tua 
when it comes to the deep ball to be able to throw it the way he throws it with not waiting for them to come open because he trusts their speed, he trusts their landmarks, and he's able to identify other things other than keeping his eye on the receivers, maybe because he doesn't trust them. So, you know, it's, it's again, it, it's something that you can't put into words when it comes to trust and how it looks. Because when you look at it on television, it looks extremely easy, right? And you'd be like, well, why wasn't he doing it last year? It's not always that easy to be able to pinpoint passes to players the same way from one guy to another. During the ball to Heinz Ward, it was a different throw than it was to a Plexico Burris. It was a different throw to a Bobby Shaw. It was a different throw to Will Blackwell and a Courtney Hawkins, receivers coach from Michigan State. You know, it's, it's just different. And Charles, the late Charles Johnson and Andre Hastings, and I could go on and on and list and Mark Bruner even. It's different for each guy. But you try to put it in the area where these guys can actually use their talents and why, we're, why they're together to be able to go out and make those plays. And I think you have that. And, and don't get it twisted. Waddle's a great receiver. We know Tariq Hill is his Hall of Fame material if he keeps this thing up with what he's been doing. Um, keep winning championship. Keep getting the deep throws. Keep getting the yards per catch to be his deepest, deepest throws. You know, kind of almost Randy Moss, but just a smaller version, right? Because that's how big of a threat he is when it comes to taking top off of defense. But having Tariq Hill on this team truly cause defensive coordinators to respect the entire formation and the personnel groups that are in the huddle. Even when he's not in, they're still conscious of it, right? So now you're, you're, you're playing to a player's ability and talent, which is lightning when it comes to Tariq Hill, a world-class sprinter when it comes down to his speed. The only thing to me is going to hurt this football team and the Miami Dolphins, and I say this about the Buffalo Bills, and we see how it affected them yesterday. Injuries. Mm-hmm. If they can sustain being healthy and they can get to the inclement weathers late in the season, late mid to late October to early November, all the way throughout to the playoffs, if they can stay healthy, I think they do have the recipe to be able to win. Their defense is playing stingy. They're giving up plays, but they're not giving up plays that are extremely costly. They're just enough to say, you know what, we got to respect the opposing team. They're going to get theirs. So we just have to make sure it's not too damaging. But this Miami Dolphins team, you know, I know it's this Monday morning, morning fever and, you know, and, and you become a prisoner of the moment. But this has been consistent over the last three weeks for this Miami Dolphins team. This is just didn't happen yesterday. This is consistent with them. And, and, and they run the ball well enough for the play action pass and also the drop back pass to actually be effective. But defensively, good defense. And then they do this quick screens and long handoffs is what we used to call them sometimes mm-hmm. when it comes to the offense. <clears throat> we're not making him throw it deep early. We're dinking and dunking. And then all of a sudden we make you come up and get anxious to try to bite on something before you know you double move. There's somebody goes down a rail, whether it's down the scene, down the, down the, down the sideline to a post route. Right now, they're playing very, very, very good football, and I'm not going to be afraid to say it right now. They're playing arguably some of the best football overall. We just need to see more of it to be able to buy into it because we know the team they played yesterday is really, really good. Once they figure out their woes when it comes to their defense and their injuries, we know they'll be back because it's very rare you've been to play that good as a team in Buffalo, regardless of where you go on the road and not be able to get a win unless the other team is playing 30 seconds better than you because that's what they, they end up missing out on. They end up getting a the completion. They ran out of time. They just mm-hmm. needed five more yards to get in field goal range. 
if they can get for five more yards after the completion to get in field goal range, we don't know what's, what the outcome could be. It could be what? What the score would be in 20 to 7, uh, 20 to 19 or 21 19? 21 19. The score could have yeah. been 22 to 21. We don't know, but that's why you play the game. And so mm-hmm. I just think it's in a good place right now. Exactly. And you could go back to Bass missing the 42 yard field goal. And if he makes that, they don't have to go for it at the goal line. Right. There's so many different things that, I mean, I said it off the top Josh Allen bobbled a spike at the end of the half. And that's double clock management mistakes for Buffalo. And I, I think I'm with you on the same boat. Injuries, and I'll add the running game for Miami has been very poor this season. Uh, they've had one 50 yard rusher in the game against Buffalo. They had 14 carries for 35 yards among Mostert and Edmonds. They did get two goal line touchdowns, though, but uh, it, it's here's been the thing, not though, Kyle. There. Here, here's the thing. It's not always about having a 100-yard rusher, right, or 90- or 80-yard rusher. It's about how effective are you when it's time to get the change moved, keep the change moving. Most like to say, oh, you have to rush for this many yards to get it done. How many times have we seen a plus 100-yard rusher, a plus 300-yard passer, no interceptions, and they still lose the game? Mm-hmm. We've seen it many times. And so for me, with a team like this one where, again, the long handoffs – to stand up and throw the quick screen to the quick slants to whatever this, you know, the bubble screens, that's the equivalent of long handoff. So the 50 yards that we've seen on paper that they've rushed for, if we go back and look at the little dink and dunk plays, and I don't mean check downs past a line of scrimmage, I mean balls thrown behind a line of scrimmage to quick slants or quick bubble screens. Those are the equivalent of handoffs. If we take those yards and add them to the rushing yards, right? You then cause defenses have to cover the entire football field to where once they're spread out on a defensive side of the football, that means that now the running game can open over time. So I like the concept of it may not be necessarily down your throat figuratively type running, but it's effective enough to keep you in the box to where now we have this one-on-one coverage on the outside to heal waddle one-on-one with any db in the national football league where no there's no pursuit to the football coming i'm betting on those two guys to beat them and probably get before the tackle or either even touch them at least eight to ten yards automatically and anything after that is a bonus so the 50 yards is cosmetics let's say that for the sake of conversation right it's not the prettiest thing like you alluded to a second ago but it's enough to keep them on schedule to do what they want to do because while you think i may want to throw a comeback or a dig route or an out or a curl, let me give it to Tariq Hill right now. Let me run Waddle off. Let me give it to Tariq. You know what the DB is going to do, right? He's going to break down at five yards past the line of scrimmage, well, beyond the line of scrimmage. And before you know it, Tariq Hill is going to eat up that cushion, tap, tap, shake and bait. I got another seven, eight yards, or maybe take it to the house or maybe get a 25-yard game because you can't catch him. So that 50 yards for that team because of the speed on the outside and what they do schematically, you know, I'll take it. I'll take now Pittsburgh teams like that. <laughs> uh, 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 Cleveland teams like that. Those guys, they need to run the football. To New England Patriots this year, for sure. New, New England Patriots. They need to run the football to set it up because they aren't as dynamic on the outside to be able to create, create those types of threats in the quick passing game. Uh, 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 to even the screens, if you will, passing in things of that nature, or slants or whatever, or mm-hmm. hitching the, you know, it's it, they they have they have their cake and they can eat it too. And again, if they can keep this going with what they're doing in Miami, 
it's going to be tough to stop those guys, especially if Tua can stay healthy because, you know, he can be injury prone at times. You know, mm-hmm. Feud, he saw yesterday, banged his head on the ground, and they're going to go back and, 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 and contest the ruling of him getting back on the field because it looked like he could have been concussed, but they alluded to say it was his back uh, yeah. that he ended up hurting early, early game. So, um, but if he can stay healthy, it's going to be hard to beat Miami, bro. It's going to be hard to be. It's going to be hard to beat them. They, they, that is what they're. I, I did not give them a chance to be honest. I said it was going to be Buffalo, even with the five in uh, the loss of five players on that defense. I thought yep. they were still good enough, but again, you know, you could talk about the weather. You could talk about the injuries. You know, special everybody teams. was hot. Special yeah. teams, even you know, everybody was hot. You know. Um, but I think that was a great game to set both these teams up to make a run in AFC East, uh, to even an entire AFC conference, uh, to, to, to let it be known that it's not just the Kansas City Chiefs we're talking about. It's not going to be just the New England Patriots that was on the run. Quite Baltimore. as kept. Baltimore's really balling. They got beat bad last week. It was, it was a humiliating loss for them, but, you have to assume with the way Lamar is actually playing, his value is going through the roof. I don't know what they're waiting on to pay him. They need to hurry up <laughs> because the more this dude plays, the more the more millions they're going to put into the pot. So this one, I'll, I'll throw this in real quick to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, number one in the league in passing yards, number four in the league in rushing yards at this point in the so, season. So he's Mister Everything. Technically, he's missed everything on their offense and on their team. So I just think if they can continue, you know, and again, that's another team we have to be careful in, in, in the Cleveland Browns. I don't care what, no, that defense is playing good. Chubbs and company, those dudes are running the ball good. Jacoby Brissett, he's, he's doing an outstanding job taking what the Steelers defense was giving him in that game there in Cleveland. Outstanding job of how they're – the 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 the, the, the AFC is, is kind of you know you just got to let it play itself out. But I think the formula that I'm watching with teams that are really playing good, it, it's 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 some really kind of takes me back to the college football. Honestly, when college football is really good, that's how excited I am about the NFL this season. Starting off this early, considering they only had three preseason games and it's taken teams this long to really get going. Right, teams yeah. won yesterday that we didn't think we're supposed to win. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Think about that one. They went to where did they go? They played. Um, Jacksonville played against. Help me out here on this one. This uh, last week, Los Angeles and yes, yeah, they played the Chargers. Yes, right. That's right. I'm sorry. They played against the Chargers. Great win for them. I mean, think about what they're doing when it comes to how they're playing right now. So Doug Peterson is really doing a phenomenal job in getting that offense to actually to actually operate the way it should. So again. We don't know what the heck is going on in the AFC. All I know is teams are playing really good football, and I think there's going to be some high records, as in like 11 and 5, 12, you know, actually 12 and 5s to, you know, whatever the case may be, high numbers in order to determine who's actually getting to the postseason and can win a division and be the second seed in a division actually make a chance at a run to the postseason. So it's, it's going to be a little different this year. Uh, if this continues, because this is some really good football I'm watching in the AFC right now. So you're thinking 10 wins is going to get you in the playoffs in the AFC this year? Uh, you, better, you better get them. If you don't mm-hmm. get 10, you might be on the outside looking in. If this trend continues with all the teams I just mentioned, 
you know, mm-hmm. two and one is a good place to be right now, right? Two and one. I mean, the Broncos are two and one. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> and there's a few other teams right now that I think it's Tennessee Titans two and one right now. Uh, uh, Tennessee they, one and two, but they probably should one, be two and one. They should be two and one. I mean, but you, you have teams that are two and one. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I mean, just teams are really playing good football. And I'm not going off a of record, to be honest. It's not just a record, but it's how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, one and two team, that thing can flip overnight, right? Uh, but if you watch how they're playing, it's the type of football that says, okay, if we can just keep trending. With our, if our defense is sound right now, let's just stay healthy. If yeah. we got a decent running game, let's build on that a little bit more. If our passing game is struggling, let's not try to force the envelope. Force the envelope. Let's just keep it between the trenches. Get our old line acclimated. Get them going. You know they got to they got to be cohesive. You know that's that's a group up front that's a little different than the four that you would get on a defensive line where all they have to do is shoot this gap, shoot that gap. You got guards and centers who are having conversations as if they're at dinner. You know, and you know on the offensive line, and it's like you know Mike's fifty two right here, and then the guard said, "No, we got to." Before you know it, that conversation's going on. And the quarterback steady calling Cadence in the background, right? Mm-hmm. So you know those guys are going to take some time, and I think the way you do that is you have them going forward, and the more you have them going forward, the more physical physical they can become when it comes to their pass setting, right? To where now they're punching really hard because they've gotten the opportunity to lean their bodies on a D lineman as opposed to keep them in the pass the passing mode digressing all the time from the line of scrimmage and always stepping into the quarterback's lap. So um, I know I sound like a coordinator, but uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just, you're it's just what I know. Yeah. It's you're just what I do. It's what I know. And I just, I just like what I'm seeing when it comes down to defense is playing good. And in the trenches, the teams that are winning can convincingly or the ones that are on the borderline of winning, they just have so happen to play against a team that's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You see them, putting forth the effort to run, as I told you about the Miami Dolphins. Even though it said 50 is the most, that's okay. Because what you saw on the outside, what they did yesterday, was absolutely a phenomenal game plan against that defense uh, that caused guys to kind of drift in space to figure out what the heck they were doing. And you couldn't keep your eye on one thing. You had to watch everything. So, yeah, right now, I like Miami. I'm, I'm really liking Miami. And it's not just because they beat – an injured team with losing five players on the defense side of football. It's just what they're trying to do. And they're, you can't hate the player. You have to hate the game. It's not them. It's not their <laughs> fault that they were injured and they didn't have their best players. Yeah, They're actually going out and, 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 and I think executing in a way uh, that allows them to go to practice every day, feeling real good about themselves and to know that their quarterback is playing good, which I think was the biggest question mark in a lot of the play. Cause they read the newspaper. They hear the news. Right. They, they've seen the conversations uh, about potentially other guys coming in, whether it was Deshaun Watson at one time was in talks about with Miami to, you know, a few other things uh, before he actually ended up signing with Cleveland. But you hear all the buzz, you know, if you're part of football and you're listening and paying attention, you hear the stuff, you hear the stuff that's being said, but it's the undertone of what they're not saying that cause you to be like, they're so disrespectful. And then all the crazy stuff that's going on with management, uh, mm-hmm. With the with the illegal uh, uh, the illegal usage of of how they were dealing with Tom Brady, uh, and that's oh yeah, double down yeah, on that for Tua man. They tried to replace Tua last year, and uh, he he took and it now, on the chin. His comments were yes, good after that. He's like, yeah. nah, they they weren't trying to do that. As like that, yeah. it was all speculation and whatever. He handled it well, but it's got to 
got to mess yeah. with you at a certain level. Well, it makes you, it makes you, it makes you identify what's truthful or not. You know what I'm saying? It makes mm-hmm. you identify what really matters, right? And when all this stuff is fabricated in, in the media, you know, in a sense of trying to create story and narratives, uh, I'm, I'm putting on my player's hat now, you have to be <laughs> able to block out the noise, you know? And if you can block out the noise and keep, pers- keep your perspective of what, keep the perspective of what this is about, then going out and performing becomes real easy, you know? And I think you see Tua not blinking an eye, right, on the narrative that was created about him, whether it was talking to a Tom Brady and saying that he could have had some stock in the team or whatever the case may have been uh, from those, uh, you know, alleged rumors that were running around out there. Nothing I've seen. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, they, they, I mean, the tampering charges concretely determined that like, yes, they had a plan in place and then the Brian Flores lawsuit happened and therefore they, it broke up the Tom Brady, Sean Payton talks, but had yeah. perhaps that never happened, there's an alternate world where Tom Brady is the quarterback of the Dolphins and everything would have been turned upside over its head. So, so him coming into the season, then you compound that with the conversations of he can't throw the deep ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's put up six of them in the last couple games, and he only threw 14 last year. Let's just let's be honest. I don't care if it's past 20 or 30 yards. When you're putting it up in the air just in the last two games that many times for positive yards, you know, it's like, what are we looking at as 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 people who are covering? You know, we're trying to find a, a you know a glitch in the armor, so to speak. But the kid is playing really good right now, and and the best part about it for him, which makes you become a fan, if you aren't one, is that he's doing it with grace. Mm-hmm. He's doing it with grace. He's handling himself so professionally uh, to the point where he plays good enough this year with that relationship he has with Mike McDaniel. I would honestly say they might go to the drawing board to want to do a deal with him. Mm-hmm. I would say he's eligible after this season for a deal. And that's, you go. that's something on the table. And that's something on the table. So when you, when you start looking at this, he plays the way he's playing right now. I can see Tua getting him a, a, a mega buck deal. Like, I mean, the numbers now are crazy. For <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, you've got Russell Wilson, they can't even score a touchdown. They went 11 to 10. This brother gets a $245 million deal. 165 is guaranteed. I mean, now, allow me to say this. I'm a huge fan of Russell Wilson over the last <laughs> 10 years of his career, which he's only played for a decade. Nine of those years, he's gone to the Pro Bowl. Okay? So the brother has been playing remarkable football. But I'm just saying, you can play this kind of football, make this kind of money, and it's somewhat okay. So if Tua's playing the way he's playing, and he can continue this run. I'm not going to say he's going to get the 50 million Rodgers to the 49 Russell Wilson, but anywhere from 45 or better, you have to assume that's the category he falls into, especially with the weapons he have with Tariq Hill on the outside. That relationship is phenomenal. Waddle, we've seen what he's done with him in college to where what he's doing now with him, and they both feed off each other so remarkably. Uh, and now I'm talking about Tariq Hill and Waddle. I mean, that relationship looked like it's wonderful. And I think everyone else kind of falls into play. You know, once they can get them a a viable tight end that can actually cause issues with linebackers to have to come up and grab him and to take the, you know, make them come up a little bit more to create a little space between them and the safeties and throw those dig routes behind to those post routes, those double. Oh, my goodness. It it, it can become crazy. But I see Tua after the season, if he can keep this up, getting him one of those big deals. You know, I'm talking about, guaranteed of 150 million bucks 
because yeah, I mean that's what. Look at what 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 we got right now with Russell Wilson. That's one sixty five guarantee. And what Derek Carr's at one twenty, so he's somewhere in between those two. And he's playing better football than Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean there were talks that they should have traded Derek Carr when he was at the Raiders not so long ago. I mean, let's be that's what John that's what John Groot coming in there. There was conversation. Not knowing for sure if he was going to make that, and he's getting one twenty guarantee. Why can't Tua get that kind of number if he he beats arguably the best defense? in all of football. Mm-hmm. Of course, there were five players hurt on that defense. Don't misinterpret it. But to be able to go out and ignore the noise and produce the way he has, that means between his ears with the right things in place around him, this guy can actually go out and function well. Why couldn't he get $145 million guaranteed? Why couldn't he? I mean, whose team's playing better football and who has the better upside? I'm looking at Tua right now. To be honest with you, not because I'm being a prisoner of the moment. That stuff in the Raiders with Derek Carr. I mean, it's looking good. Don't get me wrong in a sense of his future with the Raiders. But far as play, Josh McDaniels come in. Yeah. Say I throw out another name also, like Stafford got 140 guaranteed this offseason. Like Tua could get the money that Stafford's out here getting after the Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. Now, 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 of course. That's after winning the Super Bowl, and of course he's older. He's you know he's he's got some miles on the tread, got tread on the tread, the tread on those tires, kind of worn down a little bit. So you still have to respect him in the marketplace. That's what happened mm-hmm. with Matthew Stafford. I think too, he's young. He's what his third year. You know yep. he's still young. He still has time. You know he has a minimum of five more years added into this to be able to be productive. Now, will he have Waddle the entire time? Will he have uh, Tariq Hill? For the majority of those, yes, he will. He'll have Tariq unless, you know, they just decide to get some for Tariq down the road. But I think Tariq is pretty much comfortable for the next three-plus years, at least three to and, four years. And Waddle's sure. only in his second season, which means he's with the Dolphins for four more years also. He's with the Dolphins for four more years. So you go ahead and get two out the way. You get Waddle up next after that. Then, you know, the, the, the rest becomes history. So, again – my conversations on two or the way he's playing for him to get anywhere for 145 to 150 guaranteed money. Being in the top five in all these categories. Well, I mean, look what Dak Prescott's got. Mm-hmm. I'm just being transparent with the marketplace. The marketplace is numbers that are crazy. Lamar Jackson turned out 130. They offered him 133. And he was an MVP. And here it is, two of us playing on a team that's beating some really good football teams and doing it handsomely by going on the road, being down by four, three to four, what, what it was five touchdowns, four to five touchdowns in the, in, the, mm-hmm. in, the, in the game against Baltimore. And then all of a sudden he comes and win that game 42 to 35. And look what he did yesterday uh, by sitting on the bench for a long time, not warming up, staying cool, and goes out and gets it done. I mean, come on. And he, he was, I mean, yes. I see two of being able to get a big deal. And, 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 and trust me, if he becomes eligible after the season and they choose to go somewhere else to get someone else, I don't think that happens. I think the players gravitate towards him. You saw how they were all cheering with him. They're having a great time with him. And uh, that's one good thing about a locker room, when you're playing good with guys. When you're out there working, they see you go through something and you're able to battle through and persevere. Guys end up being become big fans of yours. You know, mm-hmm. the backup stays the backup. Um, <laughs> Teddy, you know, Teddy B, Teddy B didn't do good when he came in. 
but that was only for a little small window. Yeah, he just threw two passes, and then they went to halftime, and everything was good yeah. there. And uh, Lucky. Dolphin, Dolphin's got a fun one this week, Thursday night at Cincinnati. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, and Cincinnati turned it around this week and got them went on the road against the Jets, who was coming off of a flying high off of that great win uh, that they had playing against the Cleveland Browns um, mm-hmm. not so long ago. So they they – you know, that was a great win, I just think, for the confidence and the morale of that team, considering where they came off, what they came off of last season. So we knew they had their woes of protecting uh, Joe Burrow. They still do have those issues. But, you know, it's some really good football being played there. But if Miami gets a chance to go on the road and play against the Cincinnati Bengals and get that dub, I mean, you're going to talk about the defending Super Bowl contenders. You know, that conversation comes into play. And, uh, you know, it just means that he's knocking them down. He's, he's knocking them down. So he knocked down Josh Allen, knocked down Lamar Jackson, you know. And, and when you can continue to do something like that, the marquee players in this game, it puts you in that class with those guys. And right now, it's a classy guy right about now. The way he's been I like he's that. Pretty classy. Pretty classy like guy that. right now. He's yeah. feeling classy. He's Look- feeling classy, baby. Let's talk about another classy guy from Alabama. His name is Jalen Hurts. And uh, Jalen Hurts had himself one heck of a game against Washington. Ended up putting up 300 yards in the first three quarters of the game. The Eagles end up routing Washington. uh, I believe it was 24-2 by the time it reached garbage time. And uh, it was a heck of a game and a heck of a start to the season for one Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen, Jalen is surprising everyone. Uh, he's a little bit more outspoken. Uh, his attitude is night and day. Uh, he is my frat brother. You know, he's, uh, he's my fraternity brother. So I, his DNA and, and, and how he is and how he's balling is, is pretty remarkable, to say the least. And, uh, you know, it was a time where you didn't know what it was other than he had a great run in Alabama, got replaced by Tua, ended up leaving to go to Oklahoma, made a great run there, uh, to then going to Philly, them not knowing for sure how they're going to utilize him there in Philly, uh, and, 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 and questioning his ability to make throws and just do a lot of just a lot of stuff. And to now see him playing up to an MVP caliber, uh, you cannot deny him of any of that when it comes down to it. Um, Jalen Hurst right now is playing the kind of ball that is MVP caliber. But the thing that I love most, the effectiveness when it comes to throwing the ball, how efficient he is, uh, how he runs when needed, and he makes it look easy. All right? When it comes down to Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, who came from the Titans, these dudes are wreaking, wreaking havoc on everybody right now. This, this is the balance that they're possession, possessing right now makes them arguably the best team in football today. Because Fletcher Cox and Hassan Reddick, right now, the way they're playing on defense, offensively, the way the ball is being moved around, not turning the ball over pretty much by Jalen Hurts, commanding the field when out there playing, throwing the ball with the timing, that I think we would love to see all quarterbacks do it. And how about that, as you alluded to, as you were introducing this topic? There's two Alabama quarterbacks right now that are that have the most wins in the National Football League. 
former Alabama quarterbacks. That's Tua Tagovailoa, as well as Jalen Hurts. Right now, balling. You have Matt Jones, if they get that win this past weekend, because they was playing good enough, hurt his ankle, that's another one out there balling right now. So all with the pedigree and the DNA of what, what Nick Saban created there in Alabama, these guys are becoming marquee players in the National Football League. And it goes to show you how those guys were actually taught the game of football because they're able to come in and handle the pressure extremely well. Tua doing a phenomenal job. Jalen Hurts standing up to the noise and, and, and the, the competitive juices that flows throughout Philadelphia because that's not an easy place to play, you know, in Philly. You know, they, they, I think they set the doll of Santa Claus on fire up there in Philadelphia at one point in time. The people, are pretty, <laughs> the people are pretty different up there in Philly, man. But yeah, that's through batteries that's, at Santa, that's them. All of that kind of stuff, right? Throw batteries at Santa, setting stuff on. I mean, all kind of crazy stuff going on here, bro. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if you can play in that city uh, and produce and deal with that type of pressure, you're pretty strong. You can handle it. And right now, I, I, I see Jalen Hurts. Uh, I see them actually winning that division. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, know the, I know the Giants are playing really good. Right now, got getting Saquon Barkley involved. I think the energy from the head coach to the team has been tremendous uh, with being able to play hard, getting a touchdown, going for two a week or so ago. Um, I think that energy is, 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 is trending in the right direction. We know they have a game uh, coming up pretty soon tonight against those Cowboys. Um, <laughs> and, and so I just, I just see this division – becoming a division of old, right? I know Washington commanders are struggling. You know, they, they're not fig- – they can't figure it out. But when you have the Dallas Cowboys and you have the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a rivalry, but then you have the Cowboys and the Washington Redskins, that's a rivalry. Like, all of those, that that mixture of three, them three, man, that if they can get it going, the Giants, I meant to say, excuse me, the Giants being in the mix now too with how they've been playing, it's going to be pretty intriguing in the NFC East. I'm liking it right. I like what I see. I'm telling you that the the, 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 the the landscape of football right now is extremely healthy right now because there's no one team per se that head, that's head over heels better. But execution-wise, you can be excited about one team more than the other. And I like the execution of the Philadelphia Eagles and most importantly with Jalen Hurts uh, at the top of the league when it comes to yards per, per throw with, with 13.8. Um, he's another player that's every pass pretty much on an average that he's putting out there. He's getting first downs every single time. So, you know, they're, they're pretty much doing their business uh, when it comes to how they play. And if you had to pick between in that division, who could you say the best team? Would you go with the Giants? Of course, I, I'm not going to say, of course, not the Cowboys because I'm not buying that yet. I got to wait till that come back. But, because, you know, once they get the tape out on players, you know how that goes. Yeah. Philadelphia or the Giants. How do you see uh, this happening when it comes yeah. down to two good teams? Because the Giants are playing good, bro. You can't knock them out. You can't say no about them, Kyle. You can't mm. say it. Uh, the, the New York Giants, they just – if you had told me at the start of the year they would have won three games the whole season, I would have believed you. And yeah. that team is so young. Daniel Jones is not the answer there. We, we've known that yeah. for like a year now. They're in transition. They're going to be quarterback hunting in the draft this year. I just, this feels like more of an anomaly for the Giants. Uh, The Titans should have won that game week one. I know the Giants, they they won, and obviously we can play results till kingdom come, but I'm not buying the Giants, and 
Dallas, they really need Dak Prescott, man. The difference, be- I know, right. I, I know Jerry Jones was trying to make something out of Cooper Rush, but the difference between Prescott and Cooper Rush is significant. They he's a great him. salesman. Come on, I mean, he, he's <laughs> arguably when it comes down to to Nelia, paraphernalia that is, and in marketing. I mean, he's the best that ever did it when it comes to the National Football League. I mean, yeah, the New York Patriots do it by winning championships. Jerry Jones does it by conversation in his pockets, you know, and, and how he acquired the team. And so I think when it comes down to elevating the mindset of his players, he's arguably and outwardly, I think, the best at it when it comes to his players and, and how he's not afraid to have a conversation about whoever the quarterback is. He has a love affair for his quarterbacks now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had one with Tony Romo. We know he has one with Dak Prescott. And now he's pushing Cooper Rush to keep his confidence high to let him know we're not going anywhere else. You can't go to Kellen Moore. He's a play caller. Let him stay right there where he is. He's not, <laughs> he's not coming in there. But um, you got to get Dak Prescott back, bro. Like, But I'm not going to say I'm not going to buy the Giants. What I'm going to say is I don't think they're from a from a from a talent standpoint, Philadelphia has the better talent across the board. Right? Yeah. I think the running game with Jalen Hurts' ability to run, along with their running game, I think puts them in a better place. Uh to have to to solely depend on, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, for me, I'm he's trying to do better so far but yeah compared to where he was he's truly fallen off from the beginning since before he got his money he's truly fallen off since but philadelphia is just a better team defensively overall they're they're extremely good they apply the pressure the way they're supposed to the fletcher cox can can turn the volume up as loud as he wants there is no end to how loud he could turn his volume up when it comes to how he mm-hmm. plays um and i think the supporting cast around him plays really really they feed off of his energy up front and Jalen Hurts, he's the catalyst all this. He's the cowbell, truthfully. Uh, when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, they know everything goes through goes through through number one, and uh, he's doing really good. So, right now, conversations about the MVP. I know sometimes people may say it's the jinx, it's the jinx. He got jinxed. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think he's so locked because because if you listen to him, it kind of sounds like Nick Saban esque, right? Um, it's one of those things where you know it's. We did good in the first half, but God damn it, we, we, we squandered in the second half. Thank God for defense, how good they played in the second half, right? You know, it's <laughs> like it's never enough. And when you have that approach, it's never enough, you're going to always play for 60 minutes, you know? And if you, like you say, you leave some money on the table, we left some food in the kitchen or whatever he's, he was saying in the locker room to indicate there's more to get or more to eat, that type of energy, when you tell it to your teammates, old or young, they keep playing hard. And mm-hmm. to not leave anything on the table the way they've been playing, I think is a big reason of why you're hearing these conversations kind of coming out of the out of the trees and the bushes about MVP with his name on it. So I, I'm liking what Jalen Hurts is doing right now. And he's at the top of the charts in many categories. But the one that's most important, he's winning and they're winning commit. It's not accidents. It's not like the eleven to ten win. Okay. It's not having to come from far behind to win. Because having to play from behind all the time to win, it's going to catch up with you at some point in time. These dudes are starting off fast. Yeah. And when you start off fast and you're produced early, it puts you in a position to have control of your own destiny. And again, it's the elephant in the room. Injuries. They can stay healthy. 
that's another team in the NFC uh, that I think no one wants to see. That's including the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's including the, the Green Bay Packers. Um, whoever else in the NFC that think they're really good, this Philadelphia team right now is playing like bullies right now when it comes to how hard and how tough they're playing. And when you're looking at the MVP and the people who have said, wow, early, it's Hertz, it's Lamar, and it's Josh Allen, and then there's everyone else. Those three have been excellent. And I will also throw out, I know it's early in the season and it's hard to project stuff, but at this point, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are both on pace to have over 1,500 receiving yards on the season between the two of them. Uh, Obviously, Smith was the big guy last week. A.J. Brown week one had 150 yards. Both of them have been mm-hmm. excellent to start the year for Philly. Yeah, yeah, and, and when you're when you're when you're having two players on the same team, that's unselfish, right? That's the key in this because receivers, there's only one ball, right? Quarterback touches it every single down unless they're doing direct snaps. But if you got 75 plays, they may get it. I mean, offensive plays, they may get it. What um, 75? Of those seventy six, and, mm-hmm. and and you have to assume that that's a that's a great thing. So, um, but that's good. I mean, you got two guys who are unselfish, and that's that's a tandem. Had opportunity to have a tandem like that in Colorado with Charles Johnson and Michael Westbrook throwing a thousand yards or more to each one of those guys in one season in ninety two. And when you're putting it up in the air like that, and guys aren't selfish and they're not behind the scenes, hey man, come over to the crib, I'm cooking. Or stuff like that. Or let's go hang out and go shoot some pool. Or if nobody's doing that kind of stuff behind the door type trickery and foolery, um, this this can be something remarkable. And because uh, once it gets cold, you know, you just want guys to be healthy. But that physical play and that, that approach right there can really catapult their momentum into that part of the season to where they'll have an opportunity to be able to compete. And I think play well enough to uh, make a run I would say deep into postseason, maybe even a chance to play for the big one. Just to wrap up the show here on something you mentioned while we were talking about those Alabama quarterbacks, Monday morning, Tom Pelissero confirmed that Mac Jones has a pretty severe high ankle sprain. Uh, The hope is that he's not going to have to have surgery, but still no timetable on when he's going to return for the Patriots. So uh, New England sitting at one and two is now going to be without their quarterback for what looks like an extended period of time. Yeah, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle without him. Um, but, you know, that's why you, the, the, in some cases, the backup becomes the most favored player. Uh, in this case, it's not because Matt Jones wasn't playing good. It's because of injuries. You hope you're healthy enough to have a quality backup uh, to be able to come in a game and produce if need be. And it's very rare. I mean, they had that great situation in San Francisco when Trey Lance was playing and you had Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you have Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. You know, so those those are a couple teams that we can identify uh, that if a starting quarterback gets injured, who's the next guy up? You have to assume in Miami with Teddy Bridgewater as the backup. Uh, he's played good enough over his career to say if something happened to Tua, he's capable of coming in and keeping it going may be a different rhythm. Uh, but I think after having a chance to play in that game in that short span of time with Tua left out right before the half, I think it probably told him he needs to be prepared next time. Because sometimes you get comfortable, you see things becoming, you know, things operating really well to where you see that there's no chance that you may get on the football field. 
And, you know, you know you'll get on it if you're winning, blowing someone out, but you're never anticipating an injury. But in this case for me, I think, you know, Teddy Bridgewater saw the writing on the wall that he needs to keep sure, make sure that he's ready to come in and ready to go right now, not just coming in to hand it off and miss a wide open pass here, miss one there, because that can mess up their chemistry of making a run. So that's a team that's also in the healthy position. So you just wonder what the New England Patriots are going to do with Matt Jones being out for a little while. And uh, if they don't have him in there, you know, all it's doing is opening up for other teams in the AFC, especially in that division, let alone in the conference, because you have to, you have to say that Bill Belichick does a great job of getting guys prepared and ready to play. And, uh, I need to see how this is going to work if Matt Jones is not actually in there. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to be either rookie Bailey Zappi or uh, Brian Hoyer coming in as the mm. quarterback for the Patriots. Brian Hoyer. I like that name. Brian mm. Hoyer. Good luck. How about that part? <laughs> <laughs> they they are certainly not one of those teams. They wish they had a Gardner Minshew hanging out there, but they are certainly <laughs> one of those teams that doesn't have a great backup quarterback room. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I hear you, brother. It'll be okay there. Uh, this has been On the Edge with Slash. Another great episode. Uh, appreciate you, Cordell. And uh, Alrighty, we'll catch bro. up again later this week. Let's do it again, baby. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.